Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of OneClick Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey everybody, welcome back to B2B Made Simple. Joining me here on the show, I have Mike Toner. He is the CMO at 3DM. Mike, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much, Sam. Happy to be here. Yeah, I feel like this has been a long time coming, just interacting on LinkedIn. Uh, you and I have known each other for a little while now, and uh, you've recently kind of bit, uh, gotten bitten by the startup bug, which is pretty awesome for you. I know you have a background in marketing, but it's exciting to, to hear uh, what's going on in the startup world, which is awesome. Yeah, I think it was probably a year ago when I started following you on LinkedIn as I was exploring um, and really thinking through my next career move, which I'm now almost a year into uh, when when you and I first met. And yeah, excited to kind of talk through all things B2B marketing, what we're up to. And uh, yeah, it's good to good to be on the show. Well, I appreciate it, man. To kick it off, I do have a fun little question. Um if you tonight sat down and you had the choice between watching your favorite TV show or your favorite movie, what do you think you would do? Well, I'm feeling in the holiday spirit and I would probably sit down and watch my favorite movie. And I've been uh, getting my kids to watch Home Alone. Oh, nice. Which for me was always a, a, a seasonal classic. I can't get enough of it. That's awesome. I was So I was not allowed to watch Home Alone uh, until probably my teen years. And my parents would never tell me why until finally I watched it. And they're like, yeah, honestly, the reason we didn't want you watching it is because we know we'd come home to like a paint bucket to the face because you would just implement anything you saw on TV. So I'm like, yeah, probably, probably a good idea that I didn't do that, but a uh, great movie. Yeah. It's a, I think it was a little scary maybe for my six-year-old, uh, having never been left home alone <laughs> i think he's got some ideas which may or may not be a good thing oh yeah, boy so i go for the movie for sure and uh keep it in the holiday spirit yeah well there you go man well mike um today we're going to be talking about the secret to building a true community which i think is a pretty hot topic in b2b marketing right now it's a great way to connect with your buyers and uh connect with them in a way that's not just in you know, pre-sales mode, right? This is to continue the relationship and even build relationships long before they buy. Um, so to open this up, great marketing really doesn't feel like marketing. I, I wonder why do you think that is? People want to buy from their friends, you know, uh, people they trust. And if marketing is just pure sales, even just pure offer-based marketing, I think this is something that you know, a lot of B2B marketers try to look for those those quick offers, even around Black Friday. Like, are you offering some sort of equivalent of a B2B Black Friday sale? And I just think that if you are really building a relationship, teaching, educating, uh, building a community, connecting people, even when the business doesn't make sense at the initial introduction, mm -hmm. um, maintaining the relationship, which is half the battle, uh, that's really where... I think people start to trust and and remember to come back to oh who was that person i was talking to about x y and z or whatever it was and that's why community building doesn't doesn't feel like um like marketing is that it really 
has to be authentic. Uh, you've got to teach something of substance, I think, for people to pay attention. So do you think this community building um, is what almost makes it feel like you're buying from a friend when the time comes? Sure. There's a built-in validation if you've got uh, a community who can help support and answer questions, if it's a product, or you know, think about people reading reviews, even on in sort of more of a traditional retail experience, mm -hmm. like people looking for that community validation. Is there somebody else who had the problem I have or had and did this product or solution? Um, and you can even hear in the way I'm describing that, like blurring these lines between B2B or B2C, I don't think it matters. I think a community is that built-in validation. Again, uh, giving the confidence to the buyer that there's humans people mm -hmm. they can go to when they have questions if this works if this doesn't work to get feedback from and so yeah i think that it does help just from a, a community validation perspective do you think that before you build a community you need to have an audience so for example uh you've built an audience on linkedin and now you want to take it off the platform to a facebook group or like a, a slack uh, channel, or maybe you have a podcast and a bunch of people have started listening and you're like, you know, I want to take this a step further. Do you think that's the first step when it comes to building a community is having the audience already listening to your content, or can you build the community from the ground up without having an audience? I don't know. I mean, Obviously, I think if you have an existing audience, I, I would hope that there's a community around that. And it's not just this one to many relationship. I think mm -hmm. that's kind of the secret and the difference, if you will, between um, having an audience and a community, whereas one is this one to many relationship in a broadcast sense. And the community aspect is you may be the the ringleader. You may have one, been the one to help build this coalition, if you will. But you're also, as a leader in that scenario, ready, willing, and able to step into the community to introduce the other folks in the community to have other uh, community-driven activities. I mean, that's where the best, you know, the best ideas come from is once you get everybody kind of riffing off of one another in a marketing community it may not have anything to do with their their core competency but mm -hmm. that's where the creative ideas come from and i think the same thing is true for somebody um, looking to build a community yep sure if you've got an audience now you've got to start walking the walk you got to bring these people together you listed off a bunch of channels i mean that's that's a tough one for me too in that um i think a true community a true community has to be somewhat channel agnostic hmm. that mm -hmm. people some people within a community can and should be connecting on twitter and some people within that same community are going to be uh whatsapping each other in a in a dm type situation they're still part of a community if they're talking about the same topic and if that is the thing that draws them back uh into the larger group Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And because it's like community, it's sub communities within the community is what your goal should be overall, right? Yeah, like, I mean, and I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because this macro theme of web 3.0, mm -hmm. and this decentralization, 
Um, and you know, I'm sure you've talked about the the change in brand from Facebook to Meta and what all that implies in terms of Web3 and decentralization, it really does boil down to communities mm-hmm. and sub-communities within those communities. And you get to this really decentralized um, sense of community where it's which can be channel agnostic, where it doesn't matter whether it's a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group or a Twitter stream, it's the ideas and the concepts that are going to bring the community together, Mm -hmm. whatever channel that is on. Obviously we brought up in the beginning that great marketing doesn't look or even feel like marketing. Um, Do you have any examples of this? Is that, are we talking educational content here or is it broader than that? I mean, the best example that I have of this, and I feel like it resonates with most B2B marketers, is HubSpot. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody, in my opinion, did it better and is still doing it, still taking a content marketing approach to marketing. I mean, the talk about the meta nature of what they did. They created a category uh, around inbound demand generation. And what was it all about? teaching people how to do this stuff, giving mm-hmm. them templates, giving them educational material, um, and effectively growing their own market by doing that, by putting that content out, that thought leadership, by creating original ideas, all of a sudden the market formed around that. And I think, you know, that's a really, and still is, and always will be a good example of how great marketing doesn't feel like marketing. Marketers are some of the hardest people to market to. It's <laughs> true. And yet uh, you've got a lot of marketers who are big HubSpot fans because, you know, who hasn't downloaded a template or read one of their blog posts um, in order to, to actually put together a marketing plan or a marketing campaign or whatever the idea is. HubSpot was solving those or anticipating those problems, providing the thought leadership, and subsequently creating a market out of it. Mm-hmm. It's a good example of it never felt like marketing, but it was. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, this has to be said, but when it comes to community building, uh, a great community is not sales, right? You're not supposed to be doing sales in this. It's going to, I personally think it would ruin the entire experience for someone that's already in the community. Um, and if that's not the case, then what should it be instead? What should our mindset be instead? Uh, yeah, I mean, it can't be sales. I, it's It's got to be this give, being a trusted member of the community. So if you, you know, if you're all, you walk into a room and you're like, hey, everybody, I'm here, buy me, buy now, buy now. You yeah. know, and this was a lot of the theme, I think, even around Web 2.0. Like, it's all about how you show up in those channels and where knowing where you are, knowing which aspects of the community you're engaging with, who within that community you're talking to and how you show up is so important. So you're not walking into the room was always the analogy and, and saying, you know, I've got stuff to sell, please buy. Mm-hmm. You're walking into the room, introducing yourself, saying hello. The same is true with this, along the lines of your question of sales and marketing. It's gotta be this give, 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 uh, Gary Vaynerchuk famous book, Jab, Jab, Right Hook, um, to just constantly give value to your community. Mm-hmm. If that's educational material, et cetera, um, before making the ask, if there is that potential business opportunity and having given so much value up front, 
it opens up the uh, the negotiation just from a, 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 a better place where you may have already built a trust-based relationship. You know what the needs and interests are of the other company if you're in a B2B setting. You know what problems your software solves. You already have gotten to know the person who may be making this purchasing decision. The whole thing starts out, then the transaction piece of that relationship starts out from just a better place mm -hmm. if you've given value from both sides uh, upfront before getting to that sale. You know, I say this with a lot of brand building activities and a community would certainly fall into that camp. Don't do those activities if you're in need of leads. So, right. So like the right time to start a podcast is when you don't need a podcast, because then you're going to go in with the correct intention. The best time to start posting on LinkedIn is when you don't need to start posting on LinkedIn. The best time to start a community is when you don't need the community, because then you're not going to go in with well, how many sales are we going to get out of this? What kind of leads can we send to our sales team? Can we cadence the heck of whoever out the cadence the heck out of whoever joins our Facebook group? And it's just the wrong mentality, right? Yeah, I I like that too because yes, uh, when you see whether it's a, a salesperson or a marketing person or a brand in and of themselves, like immediately adopting a tactic that you then see them posting something all of a sudden, you know people are smart. You, you see that and you're like, wait a second, that's not part of their norm. That that's, it's an outlier. And then it feels like an outlier. And all of a sudden as a buyer, you're disoriented. You're like, who is this company or who mm -hmm. is this person? This looks new. They look like they're trying too hard, whether that's mm -hmm. a brand or a salesperson. <laughs> yeah. And that's not going to start a good relationship. You brought up an awesome point uh, a few minutes ago. You said you need to be a member of your own community. That's genius, right? That doesn't mean only creating content. Like that's a great first step, but be in the comment section, be in the Slack channel, have fun with the people because the more you can humanize your brand. And even if it's, you know, not the CEO, right? It could be people that work for the company, your marketing team, your sales team, whatever, right? People need to be in the comments, putting a face to your company, because just like you said in the beginning, like, People want to buy from people that they feel like is their friend. And that's, I think that's really where we're at in 2021. I'm going to tie two threads together because I've already mentioned this concept of Web3, but it is a macro happening in the market right now. And, and you and I both going through the original Web 2.0 era and there are social media policies and, you know, tight rules and regulations inside of big businesses that... Uh, dictated how an employee could show up on social media and whether they had to put, you know, opinions are my own and all these things of whether they were allowed to comment. Are they commenting on behalf of the company? Are they a social media manager for the company? Like all these things, it, it does now resurface in this web 3.0 world of absolutely. Mm -hmm. They are the face of the company. <laughs> they are the ones walking into the physical rooms in networking events. They're the ones, you know, now doing sales virtually given the context of covid and i think so much of that accelerated this change this move towards um this web 3.0 i don't even know really i mean that's that's the term emerging but it is going to be about 
individual employees being empowered to create their own personal brands because those personal brands are a reflection of the company's brand and the company's brand is going to be an aggregate of the employees that it holds. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no excuse for not doing what you just explained. I mean, the only exception I can think of is if you are a financial advisory service, which this is a B2B marketing podcast, so you're probably not listening to this anyway. Um, But outside of that, the legal ramifications that they have, you should be empowering people to be the face of your company. I know that's like a whole different conversation in itself, but like this comes down to the community as well. Like empower the people in your organization to be the face, to be a part of your community and to give an opportunity for people to know, like, and trust you because it will impact your brand in a positive way. I struggled for probably seven years during, you know, of my career in trying to maintain a, um, a personal brand that was mine and mine alone and was not commingled with my employers. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons that I have really just been loving what I'm doing with 3DM and in this, this startup world um, is that I am getting to be myself. I am a technologist. I am, you know, I follow the trends on the internet and what we are doing with 3D is cutting edge and really cool stuff. And I I love it. And I Mm -hmm. get to play and have fun in the comments and talk about what's happening. And I think that's is, is reflected in our, in our brand presence and how we show up with our brand partners, because I, all of our, our entire team is encouraged to be uh, that, to be themselves first and foremost, but to have fun and, and share what they're working on and be themselves when they are in, even on a LinkedIn type setting, mm-hmm. um, they are a representative of our company. You know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this to see if we're aligned. Um, do you think sales and revenue like eventually come into a community if it's executed well? So I'm saying like, don't spam the heck out of your community, but does some sort of sales cadence or warm outreach, I guess I should say, happen once you've built this community or would you stay clear away from that? As long as it's organic. I mean, so no, I don't think the the answer is you stay clear away from it. I Mm -hmm. think it's just done in a way where it's, you're not spamming. You're asking people questions and they're saying, yeah, this sounds like it would help me. Okay. I would like to see if, if we can explore that, you know, will Mm -hmm. this help you? Does it solve your problems? Um, are we a good fit for each other? And, and, uh, so no, I don't think it's, it's, you stay completely away from it. I think as you, if you give, 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 Mm -hmm. there does become an appropriate point to say, Hey, this is what we offer to the market, or here's our latest project that we just built. Even if it's kind of that, that to me is actually one of the most powerful things that the, the the concept of a humble brag, if you will, when done well uh, in a B2B setting, when you're showing your work, when you build something cool, whether that's a website or a 3D solution, or I don't really care what the, the thing is and the software that you solve, your, you know, your social listening tool has this new feature and functionality. If you mm-hmm. can build it and show it and then teach others how you built it and, and, that's when I think that's when I'm impressed the most uh, with new tools and technologies as a as a CMO as a buyer of of technologies. Show me show me the receipts. Show me what you've done. Show me how you built it. Show me how you did it, and 
let's then have a conversation about does this solve my business problems or not? And if that is, if those marks are being met, yeah, I think asking in a community can be, it is appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we're in the same camp there because I feel like you could certainly ruin your reputation in a community by, you know, spamming and posting way too much promotional content. Um, but I think there could be a healthy balance of, Hey, this is something we've built, uh, throwing in, you know, a piece of content that a case study of what you've done, right. Just, it has some sales intent, um, and seeing if like, Hey, are we a fit for some of you? Um, but definitely tread lightly, like you mentioned, because you don't want to come across as like spammy and then ruin your reputation. Right. Right. That would, that would definitely not be a good thing. I think it comes back to that teaching yeah. and providing value and, you know, being a part of that community so that it, it doesn't, you know, to everyone else who's watching when you are, even if you're making that sale in a public way, or you're making that ask in a public way to everyone else witnessing, it's like, yeah, you know, you've, you've sort of earned that opportunity. <laughs> it's to, your community yeah. Your services. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we have your four keys to building a successful community. I have them here. We can talk through each of them. Um, the first one is give more. The second is teach. The third is curate. And then the fourth is provide value. Um, you know, we've touched on a few of these, but what does it mean to you to give more when it comes to a community? And why is that so important? So I, I think you can break this into like almost two types of, of giving or two types of teaching. Uh, one is going to be this, this growing of the market itself, you know, whatever that solution is. And then there's a higher level which is growing the ecosystem around whatever it is you are doing, especially in the B2B space. So, you know, I'll take, go back to that HubSpot example. I think at first they probably started out creating, you know, marketing automation content, how to set up your marketing automation tool, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what they graduated into is more of an ecosystem, um, you know, around building out your sales and marketing alignment <laughs> or, or, even what Gong is doing with revenue operations, it sort of moves beyond just a tactical growing of your, your, your market mm -hmm. and morphs into a much larger, your content and your teaching and your giving more value starts to look like you're growing the entire ecosystem. Uh, and I'll rephrase that. It's not starts to look like it must help in that way to grow the entire ecosystem around your, your industry or your product. Mm -hmm. Um, we also have teach, which is your second point. Uh, what would you consider teaching? Because for me, I, uh, you know, I think educational content, and I think a lot of people get stuck in our content has to teach something in relation to our product. And that's what I would consider operational content. Um, but do you believe that there also needs to be like relational content? So for example, this show has nothing to do with what we offer at our company, right? but here we are trying to help marketers get better at marketing. Is that what you're talking about teaching is having a blend of the two or leaning one direction? What does that look like? Well, I, I'd venture to say you're, you're growing the ecosystem. You're talking about B2B marketing and mm -hmm. what you offer is a point solution within what it means to be a good B2B marketer. So you're teaching what it means to be a good B2B marketer. And for some people that's going to mean they need a new updated website. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, you're a good example of, 
exactly how that's done and how you've mm -hmm. built a community on LinkedIn and how you and I were introduced in yeah. in such an organic way and how I was drawn to the value that you were providing. It wasn't about like tips and tricks for building your website. That's, it's not going to get my attention. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, your, your uh, consistent voice in the market as a, and people use this term thought, you know, thought leadership or being a thought leader, just show up with what your your knowledge is um, around the industry. And that's what I mean by teaching. And maybe mm -hmm. some of it is showing your work. Again, like that can be a way of teaching, of showing what works and what doesn't within your product or solution. Um, but I think some of that also means having an opinion, uh, having something to teach. Mm -hmm. um, that's so true. You have, to, you have to know what it is you are an expert in. Um, but I, I will also double click down there on the like this is not operational training type teaching like mm -hmm. how to upload you know a, a photo or how to do how to do something tactical it's got to be more of a helping the person do their job and helping grow the overall market or ecosystem around the the product that you offer i love what you said about having an opinion because it is important to have an opinion. And the thing is, people are going to disagree with the opinion, no matter what side you're on. So you may as well pick one if that's what you truly believe, right? And just go for it and say, you know what, this is where we stand. This is what we want to teach. And this is what we think is going to help you. Is that what you're talking about? Well, having that conviction, both as a person and as a brand, if you're an individual representing a brand and you show up with that kind of a that kind of conviction and having an opinion. Now, as the buyer, I'm more likely to trust you. Comes back around to that because uh, you're not wishy-washy. You you have stated your opinion. You are showing me your consistent voice. Um, so that I think is how you build trust. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it makes sense. The 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 thread follows from there. So number three we have here is curate. Can you expound on what that means? sharing the best work from your community, even when it's your competitors. Mm. Boom. I mean, you, people often are scared of their competitors and they'll ignore their, or they're, they're watching, they're, they're stalking their competitors, but they're not going to like their competitor stuff on LinkedIn. Why would we do that? Why would we share that? Well, if it's good, if you know, it's good. And that's mm -hmm. where you gotta, have, you gotta yeah. have conviction, I think. Yeah. Cause if somebody's doing something better, acknowledging it and being a part of that larger community. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means curating the best work, whether it's yours or not. Yeah. And that's, that can be a really tough pill to swallow. And I'm not, I can't say I'm a hundred percent good at it quite yet, but a couple of examples, I'm really good friends with an agency owner in California. He's been on my podcast. His name is Jesus McDonald. He's been on our podcast a few times and, you know, I've been on his a couple of times and we're friends. Are, are we competitors? I mean, on paper, yes. Uh, but the idea is that we can bounce off each other uh, as agency owners and, you know, as what we do in the marketing world, it's fun to engage with his content on LinkedIn. It's fun to build a relationship. And it's like, I wouldn't even consider us competitors. I, I chuckle when people say that. And of course, there are other, you know, web development teams on LinkedIn and it's they put out good content. I think uh, I think his first name is Algert, or maybe that's the name of his company. He does a lot of stuff with uh, Dave Gearhart, and he puts out some good stuff. They build some really nice sites. 
And, you know, it's, you just have to be okay with engaging with good content and curating it and knowing that like, there's a, there's a ton of business out there. The chances of like that, sending someone that direction kind of slim. And if it happens, it happens, but it's okay to, to do that sort of stuff. Well, this, I'll pull the thread back from your comment earlier about like how you show up and when you show up and you know, the time when you need a podcast, as you were saying is, is when you don't need a podcast, that sort of thing. But yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow because if you're like, I'm not going to go like my competitor stuff. Well, mm-hmm. no, that maybe it's not the first thing you do. That's not what I'm telling you to, to yeah. show up as, but when you show up consistently and now that, and now you are helping curate the best work mm-hmm. to the community. They see that you are showing up as your whole authentic self every day to s- s- do what you do, to sell what you sell, to provide what you provide, whether that's yours or somebody else's. And I think that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's taking the whole sales and marketing level to a, to the next level. Absolutely. It's going to go. So number four, we have here your last point, and this one's pretty self-explanatory, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is just simply provide value day in and day out. Yeah, that's the consistency, the steady drum beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where, that's hard work. I mean, you, you of all people know that. I mean, the, the is, community yeah. that you've been able to build by, by putting rigor around daily value sharing. I mean, it's it's hard to come up with something or to have you know to to produce that content to make sure that it's valuable enough that it's meeting your threshold of quality that you are willing and able to to check all those boxes am i providing value am i teaching am i growing the community and only then on a consistent basis does everyone start to see and realize like wow they are day in and day out providing value for me um, whether it's theirs or not. And all those things then get combined of the steady drumbeat of being a thought leader, having this conviction of what it is you do, having the opinion and willing to teach those around you. Mm-hmm. One of the best ways that I've found to do this is to simply have a few people in your head, right? So for me, I have a couple of CMOs and a couple of VPs of marketing that I think about like their, their name and their face pops into my head as I'm creating content. We're sitting on this podcast right now, and I literally have them in the back in the back of my mind, thinking, "Will they find this valuable? And if they don't, what do I have to do to get it there?" Right before I post on LinkedIn, I can't say I do it every single time, but the majority of the time, I have those key people in the back of my mind saying, "Hmm, would they find this post interesting?" Before every email I send, it's, "Would they read this email, or would they just stay subscribed because we're friends?" Like, you know what I mean? That's the kind of mindset that you have to have when it comes to creating value. I, I love that of your writing for maybe an audience of one. Yeah. Um, and, and if it reaches, reaches that benchmark, then you know it's, it's high quality. I like mm-hmm. that. Well, I love those thoughts, man. Main uh, four keys to a successful community. Let me walk through them one more time. So we have give more, teach, curate, and provide value. It's Mike's recipe uh, to success. So Mike, um, I want to give you the opportunity. I know you're a podcast host yourself and you have some experience with it. So I want to hand you the mic here uh, and give you the opportunity to shoot any questions my way to wrap us up here before we go. Does anything come to mind? So I think I'm going to switch gears here into some, some B2B tactics. I am curious to know website specific um, design trends 
that you are seeing in B2B website design. There was this big focus in on flat design, maybe a year, maybe it's still going. Um, I wanna know from you, what is what are some of the biggest trends that you're seeing maybe even as part of this Web3 evolving world? What, what are the B2B design trends that are up and coming? What's next? So here's what I've really been seeing. Um, you know, simple has been the the drumbeat for a while when it's come to websites like simple and clean. Um, but one thing that's been kind of popping up more and more on those those clean looking sites is subtle animations, right? And I'm not talking like the page slides in and slides out from left to right, and you have these icons moving all over the place. It's the simple like little stutter of an icon or like maybe the font like shifts a little bit into place or an image moves a little bit as you're scrolling. That's like a subtle movement that I've been seeing in the design world. That's like, oh, okay. Like it's not just this flat look on a page. People still like the clean and they love like the white space um, myself, especially, but it's these subtle movements that have really been taking off in the design world, especially in, in B2B SaaS. Um, another one, that hasn't really caught wind too much yet, um, but I foresee this one popping up more and more is a is a website that moves between uh, dark and light theme. Um, you know, all of our apps are starting to do it on our phones. Um, I am an Apple user, so I don't really know what the Android world looks like, but I would assume it's very similar. Um, I think websites are going to be doing the exact same thing uh, more so than they're doing now. I've seen a few that do it. Um, Will it convert more business? <laughs> I, probably not, but we're talking design trends. So this is like, you know, the nerd side of me coming out, but those are the two things that I've seen the most. Love it. Yeah, no, the, the icons moving is part of a little peripheral to, to my world in, in 3D that a lot of those are using 3D models and objects to kind of give this uh, element of dimension mm -hmm. to the screen. And I think that that's something for you to keep your eye on is this idea of the 3D internet. So mm -hmm. you're hearing a lot about the metaverse and these virtual worlds that are being set up and they kind of look like a game, but there's going to be this intermediary period, I think of, you know, how does a 2D website start to look and feel very like true a 3D environment. And I think maybe what you're observing there is the very uh, early beginnings of that kind of interactive function on the front end of a, of a 2D website. Well, that segues perfectly into what I was going to bring up next, which is what do you guys actually do? So would you give us like the rundown or the 30 second elevator pitch to close us out of what you guys do at 3DM? Yeah, we are turning 2D images into interactive 3D and augmented reality experiences. So we work with luxury brands, retailers, automotive companies to turn their 2D product images so whether that's a picture of a necklace or a ring or a Porsche, uh, turning it into an interactive 3D model that you can swirl around with your finger, zoom in, zoom out from your phone, uh, use the AR camera features and functionality through Apple and Android to then place that object on the table in front of you in your <laughs> own space. And um, this is using our 3D engine. So a proprietary engine that we can produce 3D models from 2D object, from 2D images from a, a standard photograph and then uh, embed or allow our clients to embed those assets on their website, on their product display pages, um, use them for virtual photo shoots. You can imagine if you've got the product there on your screen in 3D and you wanted to do an entire photo shoot and change the background out 
um, change the lighting, do whatever you wanted to do with the product. There's a whole uh, slew of use cases for 3D and AR, and it kind of leads into that metaverse world of, uh, can you now take these assets into Decentraland or Sandbox mm -hmm. or you name your your favorite uh, uh, virtual metaverse being built as we speak? You said your 3DM, your product sounds like a pretty fun thing to market for sure. <laughs> it really, really is. And I, the challenge, I'd say, from a B2B marketing perspective is most B2B marketers, I think, go in with this idea of we're solving an existing problem. And mm -hmm. I think much of what we are doing is um, building something new. And the the problem is that 2D product images suck. Uh, yeah. That's a hard one to, <laughs> to tell people that we can do this better when it's not a problem that they they necessarily see on a surface. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, I'd say 99% of the time when we put one of these 3D products as a demo in the hands of a, of a retailer, somebody with a physical product, it's the closest thing you can get uh, to f touching and feeling yeah. the physical product. It's as close as you can get in a, in a virtual world. Mm -hmm. Well, that's awesome, Mike. I appreciate you coming on here, uh, you know, sharing your wisdom on community building. What it means to build a true community, I think is a good caveat there because a lot of people can build a community, but not many people can build a great one. So Mike, I appreciate you being here, man. Uh, where can people find out uh, more about you? Awesome. I'm Mike Toner on Twitter and LinkedIn, and our website is 3dm.co.uk. Yeah, really, really appreciate you having me on. You got it, man. Thanks so much.